Rimache first requests us to set our mind in the noble disposition of bodhicitta, turning our hearts in loving care to all sentient beings throughout the limits of space and longing to establish them in utterly pure, most perfect and precious enlightenment. <coughs> In order to establish beings in that state, then we are studying the Buddha Dharma, and in our studies and practice today, we will look, be looking first at the ninth Jawakamapa's text on Mahamudra, which is called Pointing Out the Dhammakaya. <coughs> This text, as indeed many texts, is in three main parts. The most auspicious beginning, the most auspicious main body of the text, and the most excellent or auspicious um, conclusion of the text. Mm-hmm. And the first part, which is the most excellent introduction, is in fact an explanation of the title of the text itself. The title is rather long. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So if we translate it, then it is. um, Herein lies the uh, pointing out of the Dhammakaya, or pointing out to the Dhammakaya, uh, which is the um, heart nectar 
which is like an ambrosia, or like a lamp which clarifies the very heart of all of the explanations um, the, uh, concerning Mahamudra, which is that which arises simultaneously, or if we use the Sanskrit, the Sahaja Mahamudra. Mm-hmm. In the title of this text, there is the word recognition or pointing out. And this recognition of mind, of the nature of mind, happens in two ways. We can understand mind first through the profound words of the ancient masters of our lineage and what they said and what was written is uh, vast indeed and this gives us in terms of words and ideas um, one notion of mind and of the true nature of mind. The other is much more immediate. It comes from our own experience where through practice we come to know the mind and say, ah, this is, this is what it is. Then you know, Uh Actually, we need both of these. The first one, which is the advice and instructions and explanations of the masters of old, is very important because what they tell us about the mind, about Mahamudra, is um, based upon the Buddha's own instruction. It um, is completely in harmony with the Buddha's own shashana or teaching. It's in harmony with uh, all of the scriptures which are based on that, of the great traditions, and it's in harmony with logic itself, Buddhist logic. If one has well digested all of that, then when it comes to actually meditating, there will be no doubt as we take the mind within, then because we have the instructions clearly, we will not be wondering, is it this, is it that? Once one has understood enough of the traditional teachings, then the most important thing is to practice and discover the truth of those teachings within one's own practice and within one's own mind. Otherwise, there's no benefit. 
These two things, the traditional scriptures and one's own experience, are two very different things. They're quite separate. In one way, of course, they're connected because when we meditate and practice our own experience that arises will correspond to what the ancient masters have told us. So, of course, because they both arise from the same basis, which is the truth of mind, they have the same basis, then, of course, there's some correspondence. But if we actually look at what they are, then they're very different. The teachings of the ancient masters came from their experience. We don't have that experience. That was their experience. The second one, when we practice ourselves, this is what arises from our experience. These two things are quite different. It's very, very important to understand this. เพียงนั้นเราต้องกรรมบารมีจุดดีตรงตาตาริกาสภาพกรรมบารมีจุดดีก็ตาชาวเจ้าชิมบุษงงงนั่นแหละนะตาเส้นตัวเนี่ยย
things such as um, the true nature of mind is voidness, or it tells us that the true nature of mind is beyond any conceptual fabrication. That was their realization. They practiced, they realized this, and so they taught, and then their teachings are written down in the form of the true nature of mind is voidness, it's beyond conceptual fabrication. They had that experience, we didn't. So it's absolutely no use us saying the true nature of mind is voidness, it's beyond conceptual fabrication, because we're just repeating the words of somebody else's realization, in that case those two great great masters. And what we need is to have that realization ourselves. If we ourselves have got to the point where we find the truth of mind and we realize it's voidness and we realize it's totally beyond anything that the intellect can fabricate and we say it, that's fine. It's coming from realization. But just repeating somebody else's experience has so little value. And the reason this point is important is because so many people, so many Dharma practices, they hear the words and then afterwards they rest in some vague abstraction of, ah, the nature of mind is voidness. Ah, the nature of mind is beyond conceptual fabrication. They don't know what on earth it means, but they sit in some sort of vague state thinking that's it. So it's very important to understand the difference between their realization and our own. And the need to develop our own. <coughs> So, it's the same point. Krimache is stressing because it's so important. It's uh, what they realized was their realization, what the, what the Buddha realized, what the uh, Mapa realized, what Milarepa realized, what the Kamapas have realized, and what they tell and what they write, what they were speaking of was what they discovered. That's what we need to do, not to repeat what they said. We need to speak about what we ourselves have discovered. And uh, Rimsa says very clearly that just to say, Mapa said this, the Buddha said that, Milarepa said that, is of no benefit. It's of no use. It's just words. What we need to say, what we need to express, is what we ourselves have discovered about the mind. <laughs> So, as Rinpoche explained at the beginning, um, we do need to understand what they said. 
There's the difference between understanding what they said and simply repeating it in our minds. So we do need to understand, and then on the basis of that understanding through the sort of text that we studied, then we need to discover it for ourselves uh, within our own practice. So in order to understand what they said, then we have texts like this one, which is called um, a sintri, which means uh, an explanation text. If we turn now to the actual title of the text, then in the Tibetan it starts with the four syllables Chaja Champo, which means Maha Mudra. Although in the Tibetan it's Mudra Maha. The first word is Chaja Mudra, and the second is the great. So this means the great seal or the great gesture. And to understand something of what that means, then we need to understand that Mahamudra has three main aspects. There is Mahamudra as basis, Mahamudra as path, and Mahamudra as result. Of those, then the first is Mahamudra as basis, which we need to understand. The basis Mahamudra is something which concerns not just oneself, not just something other, it's something that is concerns or that's true of absolutely every single phenomenon. And it is that anything, everything, has been since time without beginning, by its very nature, uh, the clarity of total wisdom or primordial wisdom. On that basis, which is an understanding of the true nature of all things, everything has always been since beginning this time, primordial wisdom, then on that basis we need to practice in a way that helps us to realize that, to make that real, realize in, in the sense of the word make real, to realize that for ourselves. In order to do that, we have many skillful methods. We have very much um, oral instruction from the lamas of the lineage, and we have uh, various things like understanding the view, the meditation, and the conduct which help us to practice the path. Then, 
Lanji ni patata se ni yeto la leje tala ko are yekti do ya leje tala na tin tala ndi bi chaje chembola ndi yekti do ya leje tala na leje na titi do to titi do la leje and then the result mahamudra is that through the path we remove every obstacle every defect to a totally perfect recognition or realization of that basic nature once the recognition of that basic nature is 100% perfect then we have the full result tata penanga ro pechi ga na ye shaje chembu se jit kare re se na pena rin ro ni na na tumbo ri la tma yo mara du jo yo ba mara ri ta ka bu ni na da se bu ni na da ro ye kuro ga ri ga ro ye kare wo na yo pa te If we take an example for these three basis, path, and fruition, then for the basis, if we think of some um, cloth, some new cloth, and whether it's white cloth or yellow cloth, whichever one it is, then it has its nature as clean new cloth. Like a lovely piece of nice new cloth which is pristine and unstained and unspoiled. Yeah. Te napo chono di te lana o ni re te lana napo ta sa de le ware ni ba sa ba chi chao so ware ni ba tombo te di o ba mare ta ngarong ka ta xie ni pe na na chao rong da zi la so ba la tian ni ta chui ya po ji ja ya po ji chui yuan na te chama de pa luo ba lu xiong ware pa don do ware yi ko rong ka re yuan na ka bo yi na ka bo ma bo yi na ma bo te ni te ni le ware te le wong ji de chui tong ji ge yi la chama yu ba mare te yin na yong luo ba de le wong ji de Long, ta ta mengo tani ta go xiu se la tian ni tani nyong lai xie wong de di la ti zhi ma de pa zu ma xie ta de li jie ji li de la ne de long xiao jie jian bu xi guo ri if we uh, use the same example for the path then the path is like coming across a piece of dirty cloth and you recognize or you're helped to recognize that it wasn't originally like that that it can be cleaned up and be restored to its pristine, perfect, original nature. So then you set about laundering it, you wash it, you take away the stains, you take away the dirt, and in the end, the original, pristine, pure nature of that cloth um, will be attained. So like this, when uh, with our minds, then we come to recognize that the mind isn't as it at first seemed, and that primordially its true nature, its original nature, is something utterly pure and perfect. And so through the oral instructions, the personal advice of our teachers and through the various methods, then we take away those stains. And the key word about those stains is that they are only, um, if we use technical words, they are accidental or adventitious. In other words, they just come and go without affecting the primordial nature itself. They can be cleaned. Then 
tumbo kabuina kabu sebuina sebu kariyo na kariyo jito pa humata de chenduara ta den rabota lobo gatmasimo jito lam ta lam mengo to ta ni gomba ta ba gomba sopa ke tindi la tani ni yelayo jito pa ngon pa chenduare pena ngaron so tma tindi che diterana cho gandu tani no dodi gandu tindi ka ki mo bochi mena Rungabi koron ti chama pi mien don ba mari ten da woji la me mien ngo do ta ta ni ta ta la tian ni ta ni ti chama lo ba xiong ji ta ta ka zong pi zong ma xian na na ta ni yi koron ri ka ri da woji na ta ni se bu yin na se bu ka bu yin na ka bu da wo ka ri wo na ka ri jian dong di wa be ten da wo ta la na ta ni ba xiao ji chen bu la ba ri. And applying the same example um, to resort Mahamudra, this is when the cloth has um, been restored to its uh, pristine, primordial condition. So if it was white or if it was yellow, then it's sparkling white or sparkling yellow, sparkling golden, just as, um, just as it came out of the factory or wherever it was made. And so with the result Mahamudra, it means that through all of the skillful method, through the Lama's instruction, through understanding the view through practicing the meditation, through applying the special advice about conduct, through all of those things, in the end, the timeless, uh, eternal state of mind has been recognized and established perfectly as it always was. All of the passing stains of ignorance and confusion, not understanding, have been taken away. And if we think of the various methods we use for doing that, such as view, meditation, conduct, and the Lama's advice, then this is like all of the different things you need to do a really good laundry job. So you need stain remover for some things, you need detergent for other things, maybe some fabric softener or whatever it is. I'm, I'm adding a bit to the translation there. Um, it didn't say fabric softener. Uh, so <laughs> then you need all of um, these things in order so that in the end the cloth is utterly pure as golden and as yellow as uh, it could be. Ta de ta karinda wuji gelere lanana yoto tombo tai toche gabare yoto kari ngotombo paru moto gabare tong mo ma tona tani penana ri de tombo ta kabonda wuninanda mabuninanda te io yapuchi yemba makina ti chama ta lobo ti songa hakumare koron wona bonina o korona boyire di wetende na dimadu ti ko jedo ti o chama ta lobo bare sa ti songa mare ngi hakudi yunga matata ri kabonina kabore di wo songi hakugo ta yapuchi ngutsugare tanda wogi tumbu yo koron go soje chimbu ge seji de ta chutonje ni ze de kari mo yapuchi to gindu to mo hina Tani tangaro nyone ya puchi je go ya puchi jana ti tamata pato tandu ti tamata tana na ye kariwa na ti yo jitu chanduare ti nditirana tumbo yehi ti nitalana nyone ji gonji sopato goni ko ti nipon sopi pondo ti nina gongo yeseni ti nibe de ngadi ya puchi chatandu the first thing we need to do is to Uh, if we take the example of the cloth, to actually understand what its mm, original state or its basic state is. I mean, if it, if it was a, 
like a really dirty black piece of cloth, you need to understand that actually underneath all of that dirt there is a piece of white cloth or yellow cloth. That's one thing that needs to be understood. Another thing that needs to be understood is that the stains can be removed and that the dirt can be removed. And so in terms of our mind, first we need somebody to tell us, to introduce us to the mind, to let us know how it really basically is. We talk about the basis, we could say the basic state of mind, and this is called establishing the view, pointing out the nature of mind. Once we realize the nature of mind, which is like realizing, oh, there's there's pure white cloth under that, then we can set up, and that stains can be removed, then we can set about the process of um, removing the stains. So we go through the path, we remove our accidental, temporary illusions and habits and so on. And then in the end, through all of the process, there is the pure white cloth. But this first understanding what can be obtained and that it is obtainable is very uh, important. Sakolandawoto,同你有白人,我去了,我去了,我去了,我去了,我去了,我去了,我去了,我去了,我去了,我去了,我去了,我去了,我去了,我去了,我去了,我去了,我去了,我去了,我去了,我去了,我去了,我
malaxing, is that English? I don't know anyway, beating up process on the ocean that makes the continents form, whatever it is, we know that now, or even though it doesn't look like that, if you look at it, we know that the world didn't start out like this. It came out of nothing, and all of this emerged through a very, very long and complex history. We say now from our science, for instance, that before there were humans, there were these sort of fish-like creatures that crept out of the ocean, and that we came from that. I mean, you wouldn't guess it unless you actually had the research or somebody who knew about it told you that we, we were fish, you know, coming before. It doesn't look like that. So in this way, we can understand how there's a long process of evolution, of development. So when we first look at our minds and we see what is there on the surface, what is there at present, we might not have any idea of the pristine primordial nature from which it emerged and how through the building up of so many things over so many, such a long period of time, it's become concretized into what it is um, today. But once we do know this uh, basic state, this primordial state, then this thing which has taken so long to develop into what it is just now, we can gradually work on it with skillful methods to deconstruct the illusion and return to that um, pristine awareness. เอ่อหนอตุลุงตาบะตะบะจุนี้ตะนี้หนอขาตวาตะเลยโยบะเรดิเมนะงูซะจะซุงจีโยบะมะเรตะจะเดียวเดยินะขาตวาละหนอมบ
Jima, oh, Tasha was among the Yapon to use on Jitter, Narong Sangsi, Nikangarong Sangsi, what did they Gilan and Nikin Yelana? Tisochi Masamato. Till a deva to Duma Nuzi Omariti, Yanayon, Katwa, Narong Sangsi, what it? And um, I forgot to say before, and in particular, what becomes generated out of all of that uh, is our happiness and our suffering. So, to take an example, if somebody came and told Rinpoche, oh, your parents, your brothers, your sisters, your whole family has been assassinated, then he said he'd probably break down and cry and be really, really upset. And if they come back two hours later and say, oh, it was just a joke, they're fine, then, or well, he says, then you, you sort of have a good laugh. I don't know if you would, but anyway, he said you'd have a good laugh. And if we take those two examples, then uh, what is it that happens? It's not actually because of what, what's called the basis of something real that's happening. It's the mind. The mind, because of the way it thinks in the first place, becomes totally distressed. And then the way it thinks two hours later, it has a good laugh, a joke. It's, you know, it's gone to the other extreme. What does that? It is, it is thought, simply thought, that takes the mind here and there. ああ、ではどうかかとはで線が線を把握。で、ま、線だからで、だ、でらにょんれんし、でにしようなの。でに、え、ではどうかかとはで。にすんだをやぼちはこ、にすんだをきっと。だ、でにしようのでてらな。線
So in Tibetan, Mahamudra is Cha Ja Chempo. Cha Ja Chempo. Four syllables. And the first is Cha, uh, which means uh, which means seal or mudra. And this word takes on profound meaning when it's. Uh, it doesn't just mean seal or mudra. It's imputed with deep meaning, and that meaning is that of voidness and primordial wisdom. That's what's understood by the chak, and the fact that voidness and primordial wisdom are totally inseparable. There is no voidness that is not wisdom. There is no wisdom which is not voidness. That's the chak. Ja um, means is imputed with the meaning of no bias. <coughs> so, as, re- <coughs> excuse me, as regular beings, we have preferences, we have biases. Some things are good, <coughs> some things are bad, uh, some things are friends, some are enemies. Just a second. <coughs> um, but in the primordial mind, in Mahamudra, then, um, and in fact, within this union of voidness and wisdom, everything is the same. There is no better and worse, good or bad, greater or smaller. Everything is recognized as being of similar nature. So it's beyond bias. That's Chajja. And then Chempo, which means great, um, means there is nothing other than this. This is not some special state. It embraces everything. Other than that primordial wisdom in which everything is the same, there is nothing else. And it is, because of that, the nature of all things. In fact, in the... um, text describing Mahamudra in Sanskrit or Chajachempo in Tibetan, there is an awful lot said about these four syllables by way of um, inflating them with meaning. But this will suffice for this, this talk. Mm-hmm. ジャラナタテカパジジキティノノジジキティタロザバトンチラニヨヨバレティノノンダウジゴナウニテカテカジテメナヨノノンダウパジゴジキヨバレティタジテンデシニティノノンダウキナナテカコロンカカレラウナパ
Kurun Sugo, Sabaliho, right? うん、てりそう、とよばれ。てめ、うに、パテカジャナ。マタキパダディ、マンダバ。ラソバイ、ダイヤマラニュディ。とよんた、てつこないん、おれ、ショジャラジドポゴ、おれ、ダジトンキリ
occur simultaneously and inseparably. The voidness and the intelligence about that voidness cannot be separated. It's not like milk and water, where you can pour them together, but it's a mixture of milk and water. It's not like that. It's totally inseparable. There's no way to distinguish the one from the other. Or we can add three things to a third thing. We can say uh, the uh, primordial intelligence, the voidness, and the clarity of manifestation all occur simultaneously. So, in fact, if we want to retain in our minds a definition of this term, sahaja, then we should remember that there are three simultaneous things. Intelligence, clarity, voidness. Although simply to be able to express it, we have to use three terms. We have to say intelligence, clarity, voidness. Um, these aren't three things. It's not like three people, three objects, three whatever it may be. They uh, are really totally, uh, totally uh, inseparable. Mm-hmm. ラ、チュサンドネオバレ。カリンダウジレラナナ。セカドセボレ。チュチレ。ノヤ。テニジュグチンボレ。テチュチレ。タクチュニチョソワ。ノヤ。テニセ。タプトブゾトイガナ。コ
and it would just um, be a pile of ashes in the end, be nothing left. You burn gold, nothing happens. It's, uh, it's changeless, it's, very, it's immutable. But can you separate those things? Could you take the colour and put it here? Separate from the weight and put it there? Separate from the immutability? Could you just ever isolate one thing without the other two? Of course not. They're just three qualities of the gold. And so, um, what I didn't say earlier on, because it's a bit of a brain twister, was that if we take the intelligence and the clarity and the voidness, then you can't just have the intelligence without the clarity and the voidness. You can't just have the clarity without the intelligence and the voidness. You can't just have the voidness without the intelligence and the clarity. You've got to... They all are three inseparable aspects. ทั้งที่รู้อยู่เนี่ยเนี่ยมันเนี่ยตัวผัดย่อมเสียไปที่เนี่ยแหละแห่งที่สี่จุดเลยเนี่ยตัวผัดทั้งที่ผ่านมัน
Mahamudra itself, this timeless basis, doesn't change. So that there's a difference between Mahamudra and Sahaja or simultaneously occurring. We just take a 30 second break for the CD to be changed. <laughs> Takes only 30 seconds, it's a marvelous process. Uh-huh. So, uh, <laughs> the, um, the next word in the title is an explanation, simply means that it's explaining how to do Mahamudra, what not to do, just like any explanation tells you the mistakes to avoid and what to do. taking advantage of what just happened to make an example about explanations and um, so he's uh, uh, saying, you know, if we talk about space, it's a bit difficult because in Tibetan the word for space and the sky is the same. So, yeah, you know, if we say space, then, you know, we point up and everyone sort of, oh, space. In fact, space is everywhere. You know, we will point up and everyone knows what it means, but space is everywhere. <coughs> The next word in the title is um, a written explanation. Written explanation. And this simply means that we're given um, some pithy words, some very concise words, which help us remember or anchor the meaning uh, in our minds. A sintri is usually a, a short text that takes us to the heart of the matter and gives us verses that help us to remember the subject matter. The next words in the title are the lamp that illuminates the essence. So this text, uh, this work, or Mahamudra itself, is the lamp which illuminates the very essence or the essential nature of all phenomena. Mm-hmm. 
ตาเสียจิตตัวเสียจิตตัวตาการีเรลานะเนาะอืมปาจิเสียจิตตัวเสียจิตตัวเสียจิตตัวเสียจิตตัวเสียจิตตัวเสียจิตตัวเสียจิ
to our own path of practice, to liberation, to omniscience. Then we have all of these methods and uh, good advice. And the word for dutsi in the text that we often have in our mantras is amrita. And that amrita, that word amrita, when it's explained, is what leads us to the deathless state. And the sort of um, amrita that we're requesting or seeking in the practice is what takes us in the end to the omniscience of the primordial mind. And so when one reaches that state, because it always was, it has no birth, no death. It is the deathless state. It's like the ultimate nectar of deathlessness because in order to attain that, all of the various obstacles um, to that make worldly existence and its problems and the obstacles on the path have to be overcome. Ni and this isn't just amrita, it's not just nectar. This is the quintessential essence of nectars. And this word ninku, you, uh, you find it in Tibetan medicine, where you have a whole process of boiling stuff up, refining it down, and so on and so forth, until you get the very, very essence of something. So there are many teachings of Lord Buddha which help us to overcome obstacles, to gain omniscience, to gain liberation. Mahamudra is like the heart essence of all of them. It stands out. It is totally outstanding as a method for achieving the omniscience, for overcoming the obstacles. It's like the essence of the essence of the essence. It's like the nectar of the nectar of the nectar. Mm-hmm. Korunzo Mm-hmm. 
Then we come uh, in the title to uh, <coughs> the uh, word that's most usually given for this text, which is uh, pointing to the Dharmakaya. Pointing to the Dharmakaya. So the pointing means, in Tibetan, it's putting your finger on it. Or it's like when we take, just simply take a finger and say, it's that. That's it. Just as in regular life, it's that obvious and that clear. Somebody says, it's that. So in this way, there's a very clear pointing to something, introduction to something, which is here, Dharmakaya. If we take the word literally, Dharmakaya, Dharma means things, it means phenomena. So we can say, this is pointing to the nature of things. It's pointing to the nature of all things. That nature is what? It is voidness. It is a state, it is a transcendence of thought. It's what's called beyond conceptual complication, beyond what we can think. And we can give endless names. We can say Mahamudra, we can say Dzogchen, we can say the union of uh, clarity and voidness. We can call it um, also the great middle way. There are really endless names for this one simple thing, which is the the nature of everything. So here we call it Dhammakaya, and this text is, or Mahamudra, is pointing us to that Dhammakaya. The last term in this title is an, an introduction to. Uh, the word is often, is often translated as also pointing out, pointing out or being introduced to. And although in this uh, text, which is a complete system of Mahamudra, there are many stages. There are the preliminaries, or the various foundations. After that, the actual practice, which has, in fact, many stages of pointing out or introduction to the nature of mind. There are many different steps, many bits of advice, but they can be uh, resumed, they can be summarized in two main areas. The actual pointings out concern either the object or the subject. We can say mind as object, mind as subject. And then for each of those there are many details. Uh 
Oh, qui s'est rassé, c'est un lion qui n'a pas de temps, il a pas de temps, il n'y 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 a pas to our mind or pointing out the mind, then uh, the first is the uh, subject. Um, yeah, we call it the subject. Actually, in, in the Tibetan, literally, it's, it's what um, holds the object. That means the subject. And so that's the mind. And so the first great pointing out with all of its details is to help us understand our mind to be introduced to, to recognize the mind. And then once the mind has been well recognized, then the next great area of pointing out is what the mind experiences, the mind's objects, all of the things we see, hear, and so on. Anything that can manifest to the mind, having once recognized what the mind is, then we recognize the nature of mind's experiences. And um, of course, they come down into many details. When we think the mind, what is the mind? It has, it has consciousness. It, it has consciousness. It has a cognition. It has all sorts of subdivisions inside it. When we think about the what it experiences, there are things to hear, see, things to hear, things to smell, things to taste, things to touch. There's the various senses which experience them. Many many details. But put simply, coming to understand reality means understanding one's mind and then going on to understand mind's experiences. もう、もう、で、で、もうでな、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で、で
so that they make some conceptual sense. This is one way of doing it. There's a second way uh, that can be applied all through this text and can be applied to this title. And that second way is not on the basis of terminology, it's on the basis of inner meaning or direct experience. In order to do that, first one needs the direct experience of the recognition of the nature of mind. And maybe some have, some haven't, um, but anyway, certainly in this course we didn't get there yet, we only just started, and we're just looking at the title. But if there were this second way of approaching the title, then we go back to those first words, Mahamudra, and explain Mahamudra in terms of the experience we just had, or we're having, and saying, however it would be said, you know, Mahamudra is this. This simultaneously occurring wouldn't be just blah, 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 it would be showing how that profound experience happens simultaneously with all things, and so on for each of these words, how it's a lamp which illuminates things, we'd go through a second level of understanding which would be profoundly intimate and real. But we didn't get there yet, so that was just the word explanation. So that second way of doing things depends on what's called munga in Tibetan, which means uh, it's usually translated as oral instruction or personal advice or heart-to-heart instruction, heart-to-heart advice. And so what we've been doing here, as Rinpoche explained at the beginning, we are looking at uh, Ninth Kamapa Wanchuk Dorje's realization. That was his realization based on which he wrote this title. And we're looking at what he said and examining it. If we were approaching it in the second way, then both the teacher and the students would have had some profound experience of the nature of mind. And then in intimacy, then the teacher would go back to this Chadja Chempo, how this uh, the all-encompassing, and then we'd be actually sharing experience. He'd be saying, "This all-encompassing," and you, you, you'd be there, yeah, all-encompassing, and we'd be actually exploring it on the spot, really. Tendra 
it's uh, traditional to explain the titles of texts, um, and it's said that they have a, a threefold benefit depending on the three types of person um, who read the title. For those of, um, so they're called the best, the middling, and the all right, let's say. <laughs> um, not, uh, not to be. T- Anyway, uh, so for the very best, then this will be somebody with Mahamudra realization. And they read this title. Oh, yes, the pointing out of the Dharmakaya, of the essence of this and that. They wouldn't need any more. Once they've read the title, they wouldn't even need to read the text. From the title itself, they've got the whole thing. They understand what it's about. That's the best, but this requires somebody of very, very deep and high realization. For the middling type of person, they read the various words of this title, how it's expressed, and Mahamudra, simultaneously occurring, mm-hmm, the lamp, the So they think, all oh, right, of the sutras and the uh, mantras or the Vajrayana, then this is a, Mahayana, a Vajrayana text. In the Vajrayana, yes, this fits in this slot. Bit by bit, they can decode the title to see where this fits in the scheme of things in the various um, teachings. And then the all right person, the third person, would need to get out um, a books and the dictionaries and think, ah, oh, Mahamudra. Uh-huh. And they'd need to study it and think about it and work it out and gradually, bit by bit, uh, they'd understand also something very, very useful. Each person gains a benefit, but in quite different ways, depending on how learned they are and how much inner realization they have. Tani Ingi Pena, then 
Ramachay is making clear what he's going to do and what he's not going to do in this course. Uh, We've seen the title of this text um, is about the Mahamudra and the title is about pointing out the Dhammakaya and so on. Actually, within this um, text and within the practice, there is uh, quite a lot about um, preparing oneself, about um, shamatha meditation, settling the mind, and then in the insight meditation, there's ways of um, holding the mind, and then the pointing out of the nature of mind in many different steps and what follows. Rinpoche, in this course, will not be um, doing anything from the pointing out onwards. What he will be explaining, and explaining, he says, as, as well and in as much detail as he can, is everything up to the pointing out, which is especially about um, the shamatha and about ways of working with the mind which help us towards that recognition, but not the pointing out the recognition um, in itself. He says here, he doesn't really know because he doesn't, he doesn't know us, but he would imagine, or it seems, that there are some people who are familiar with the Mahamudra teachings, who practice them, and who already got maybe to the point of recognizing the true nature of mind. And maybe there are some, many, who haven't got that far. So for those who have recognized the true nature of reality or of their minds, then maybe these teachings will be of some benefit, maybe not. Uh, He doesn't really know, he hopes so, anyway. But for those who haven't got to that stage of recognizing the true nature of reality, then he really hopes that these teachings about working with the mind, preparing it, settling it, doing various ways of holding with the mind and looking at the mind, which take us close to that pointing out, he hopes that will really be a benefit. He says in the past, many, uh, un- no, then about the pointing out, he said this meaning of the pointing out is what? He gave the example recently when we were in the retreat, men's retreat together, and he said uh, everybody here knows Akon Rinpoche. Well, I assume everybody here knows Akon Rinpoche. So if, if Akon Rinpoche was here and somebody pointed and said that's not Akon Rinpoche, you wouldn't have any doubt in your mind. You've known him for years. You say, come on, come on, come on, that's Akon Rinpoche. I know for sure, there's absolutely no doubt. Recognizing the true nature of mind is, is like this. By the time one's finished with all the different steps, there can be no doubt. Whatever comes up, whatever is said, whatever comes up in one's own mind, there is absolutely no doubt. 
that that is the nature of mind, just as if somebody says, you know, that's not a common you just say, ah, because you know. So this pointing out uh, has been done in this centre uh, and in other places that you've been to by various great lamas. Arumati doesn't feel it's either the right time or his duty here to do that for us. But what he thinks is really, really valuable is everything that's in this ninth Kamapas text that takes us up to that point. ตะนี้เกเนี่ยตัวเกสเอ่อเสียรอดเชียบเสียรอดเมเดขัดซวนยังกันตะบุเรตะนี่น่ะเกสกะตอมบาอ๋อยาตะนี่ตะตอมบอ
what keeps you connected. Um, it means what binds, what connects. Um, so then we're going to be looking at those. First, there are what are called the uh, vows or commitments for uh, personal liberation. And here we'll look at the eight main precepts um, that we observe um, and that lay people can observe and their benefits and so on. And then uh, something that's in its basis quite similar but with some additions, how those lay precepts then become uh, novice ordination and then novice ordination, um, how that then, uh, then that goes on to full ordination. We'll be looking at how those vows are taken, what their benefits are, what it is that breaks them, what it is that preserves them, how if they've been slightly broken they can be repaired, and so on. We'll be looking at those um, various aspects of the basic precepts of um, Buddhism, um, from refuge, through the lay precepts, through the monastic precepts. And then in the past we've all had many teachings about bodhicitta, about living as a bodhisattva, and uh, we have probably a very good idea of the feeling or the notion of that, but then the actual bodhisattva vows tell us in more detail how to live that out, what we need to be careful of doing, what we need to be careful of not doing, so that our noble bodhisattva intention can be very properly fulfilled, how we can maintain both the intention and the practice. And then beside that, we've also, most of us, received Vajrayana empowerments. We do Vajrayana practices. And each one of these comes with its also its particular commitment or bond that connects us, keeps us connected with the practice. And so we'll look also briefly at the root samaya or commitments of um, Vajrayana. Um, the, these teachings on commitments, on vows, are all there to help us because um, they will help us for as long as we're being born and reborn um, in worldliness. It's the vows which bring the good qualities because the vows present, prevent us from doing harmful actions and they help us to nurture what is positive. And so through maintaining these commitments, this bond with what is intrinsically good and wholesome and profound and true, then we are nurturing what brings good life, happiness, good health, and all of those things. It's very, very important. And um, so, which I hope that this will be some, some use. Of course, it's some use if it's explained. Then on the basis of that explanation, uh, something is put into practice because then there's a, then there's a real benefit we have a very precious human existence and to receive brilliant guidance and then not put it into practice is a bit of a waste. Uh, but if we can put it into practice, then it's very beneficial. So this morning's session um, is well advanced. There isn't time to start the teaching of the, on the vows itself, but Rinpoche invites your questions about um, these or any topics. You can ask about anything you like, but please make it very concise. 
Not lots and lots of words and ideas because that takes a lot of time and then to answer all of those uh, takes a lot. So focused questions, but about anything. Digging <laughs> Well, in this instance, it's pointing out the Dharmakaya, but that doesn't mean to the exclusion of the other kayas. Um, it means the, the other kayas are included in Dharmakaya. And Ramita gives the example of the sun. It says, if we are introduced to what the sun is, then later on the sunbeams and what they do and so on and so forth is details coming out of that. The main thing is to know where all that light comes from. So like that, the Dhammakaya is the what can say the heart nature of mind, and then all of the rest of it, Sambhogakaya, Nimanakaya, happens because of that the way it is. The Munchesi <laughs> Um, so the question is about uh, the first two major terms um, explained in this title. One of them is Mahamudra and the other is the simultaneously occurring. Um, and how the Mahamudra is uninterrupted and how the simultaneously occurring is temporary or interrupted. Mahamudra is what is called the basic nature. It's the basis. Mm. And that is 
uh, uninterrupted. Um, it's something that uh, always was and is. And it has these three simultaneous qualities of being voidness, uh, being clarity, and being intelligence. That's the basis. From that basis, and because of our ignorance, then there is, on that basis, there is projection, there is experience. So you've got like the basis, and then what that gives rise to, which is called a experience or manifestation. That experience and manifestation comes and goes. It's impermanent. Every, every moment it comes and it goes, it comes and it goes. And this voidness, clarity and intelligence is also not just those three things simultaneous with each other, they're simultaneous with every momentary delusion. So when we use this term arises simultaneously, arises simultaneously with what? With this moment's ephemeral passing thing, arises simultaneously with the next moment's. The basis is the same, but then what it's arising with comes and goes. So that's interrupted, it's not lasting. But the basis itself, mind's clarity, mind's voidness, mind's intelligence, doesn't come and go. It's present uh, along with all of those passing phenomena. Is that all right? Yeah, no, it's okay. So, you go first. Uh, can you explain the difference uh, actually when we use the term intelligence and clarity? Mm-hmm. The Rukpa Dan Salwa ne Tetsh Shiran Rukpa Dan Salwa ke Chepa Karadera Chava. Ripata Tomba Tarukovari. Sava Titi. Rongentalacuari. If we take those three terms um, and we see what they apply to, then uh, the, the intelligence is what knows the nature. The voidness is what knows the essence. And then the clarity is what knows the actual form. If we use the word form in the general sense. So you've got the form of what actually manifests, that is clear, clarity. Understanding its nature is the intelligence and the voidness is like the heart essence of that nature, the inner essence of that nature. 
if we separate the three. Also, I'd like to give an example for this. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> Savata <laughs> ジナダチュバリ。チュレ。チュイナヨン、チュウゴドカリリヨレジナナ、あ、ネヒジュロウゲセルマリ。サイナチュボ、メイナツァボ。オヤチュイナネヒジュロウゲラドアンガチペシャ
then um, that is the movement of the water. What else have we got left? I'm losing one. Nature. nature. And the nature, which is its wetness, is what's known about it, so that's like the intelligence. Yeah. It's it's the it's the intelligence about the details of what's hap- of what it is. It's an ex- it's an example. You know, they, it's, it's, uh, the three can't be separated, but it's an example. If we think about the waves or the movements in water, then we can see they've got a, a certain form, um, they've got certain qualities, and they've got an essence. That's what we're talking about: the form, the qualities, the essence. So with the mind, it's got form. It's got qualities, it's got an essence. Yes, there was, uh, behind it was, I can't see it, it looks like somebody, yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Chempo means great. Uh Great, and in the explanation, it meant there's nothing other than that. (laughs) Chempo (laughs) Gitanda. Sherry, did you have a question? No. Damn it, he's on the other side.